On this week's Bet the Process podcast, Rufus and I go through every NFL game, shockingly, and talk about where there may or may not be value. And then we tell you, spoiler alert, about one of the biggest values that we've ever seen in a college football championship. Rufus has never been so, his numbers have never seen so much value ever. So just wait till the end and you'll get that reveal. And so with that, let's start the process. Bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a talent with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. Welcome to another episode of the Bet the Process podcast where Rufus Peabody has been out all night. You actually seems more sober than I thought you'd be. I thought you'd be like loopy because, you know, you were out drinking in Vegas with Kenny White. Why don't you tell us who Kenny White is and why you made me wait an extra hour to do this podcast because he's such an important force in your life. Well, we were, I mean, we just got a, we got dinner and a drink at, um, at town square, Las Vegas. Um, Kenny white is without, I'll I'll put it this way without Kenny white. I'm not a professional sports better. I'm not in the sports betting industry at all. So you are, you are as Seth Burns said, irrelevant as, as you are. Well, maybe I would be relevant. Maybe I'm relevant in some other area, but it's certainly not this one or most likely not this one. Cause I've, I mean, Kenny white, I, in 2007, after reading an ESPN.com article, I reached about LVSC. I reached out to like, I found the LVSC website, cold called them multiple times, kept getting the runaround, called back. And eventually I got, got to have a conversation with Kenny White, who was the um, CEO, COO, the guy in charge. And basically LVSC, which one tell us what LVSC is. Las Vegas sports consultants. So they set the, they basically consulted for 90% of the legal Nevada sports books rather than all these sports books, all these casinos hiring their own in-house team of statisticians and stuff like that. They outsourced to LVSC that, that. So LVSC essentially would recommend an opening line and they would set that and recommend line moves and things like that. And so it was, I mean, I found out about this company and I was like, man, this seems like the most amazing place ever, like academia for sports betting. Um, Cause I love the number side of sports. I, and, and I, I tried to talk my way into an internship and succeeded with, and Kenny took a chance on me. And if Kenny had not taken a chance on me, I would never have been exposed to the sports betting industry. I would have known nothing about this world. I would not have known what a money line was what a point spread was, any of that. I probably would have known what a point spread was. Cause I t- describe like what his, cause he's, he's not like an analytics guy, right? No, but, but Kenny, Kenny creates the most detailed power ratings for players. And what really, when I worked at LVSC, what astonished me was he would give me these, he had assignments for me to sort of take some of his data and try to find the value of a mid range jumper relative to a rebound, all these different things predictively and to compare to what how, the values he put when he came up with his power ratings. And what was incredible to me was how similar my numbers were to what he already had, which he did just through sheer intuition. And to me, I was like, wow, like I would never have been able to have known that. Like I, I would have no idea what it should be. And so, I mean, but he's, I, I mean, I saw his binders. He, he knew about the backup center for a regular, for some high school in California. I mean, he had very detailed information on all these players. And so betting wise, I think he was always really good early in the season because, you know, you have all these people that nobody has information on except Kenny, except people that really grind on these power ratings. And Kenny grinded more than anybody I've ever seen. I mean, he, put in he put in the time and was very very good at what he did got it 
but he took okay. like Kenny took a chance on me and without without Kenny I would not be where I am today what was the most interesting part of the drinks tonight what did you learn tell us tell us something interesting Ooh. um this isn't gonna go well I don't think these kind of questions never go well with you Rufus. I don't know I don't know it was honestly I hadn't seen him in like years many years so it was really just good to catch up and talk about more personal stuff got it all right well we won't ask anymore okay um i appreciate you asking should we talk a little bit about this calcutta that we're gonna wait i have a question for you should we talk a little bit about this Mm -hmm. before before we talk about the calcutta Mm -hmm. and, and how bad your internet is um can we ask what you are wearing a long sleeve golf shirt with a like collar are you phil mickelson are you sponsored by phil mickelson is this the workday shirt has he convinced you to wear his clothing line um no it's it's lululemon i'm sponsored by lululemon it's a lululemon golf shirt and i had a a a session with my coach today in preparation for the about the processed invitational happening this weekend and decided to wear a button-down shirt to go golfing it's not a button-down shirt. It's a golf shirt, dude. It's a college. Well, it's, is it just a long sleeve golf shirt? Yeah, it's just a uh, long sleeve golf shirt. It looks like it's like this is like a very hard like it's a long sleeve polo shirt, is what you're saying. Yeah, oh. yeah. I thought it was one of those workday Phil Mickelson shirts where he's like trying to be dressed for the office and dressed for golf at the same time. Okay, I, I take it back. Maybe you are more drunk than I thought you were. Well, that's what it looks um, like from here. Okay, so- I, I, I see. I see multiple buttons. I see the sort of tight fittingness that you don't see in a polo shirt. So I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, can we talk a little bit about this Calcutta? Yes, we can. I'm trying to pick out the old, uh, I think I have a spreadsheet from last year and what we did. Do you have, do you still have that? I'm going to look for this. It certainly exists. Yeah. Let's see here. Bet the process Calcutta, a fancy, uh when did he do this nfl Mark, playoff, yeah, 12 Mark. 30 2020 i found it okay uh you want to tell us a little bit about oh shit this is just my doc with my percentages never no I, I got the original one okay oh no this is nca god damn it i need nfl do you remember what we used last year what are we going to use this year do you have the scoring system from last year We'll have to find it. It's somewhere. But we cannot use the same scoring system, and I'll tell you why. Because last time we drafted before the last week of the regular season, and we gave, I believe, a certain percentage of the pot to be divided equally among teams that clinched playoff berths that week. Yeah, I I understand. So we can't use the exact same one. Um, So I... For those of you that don't, well, for the few of you that are not in the Calcutta, since I assume some of the Calcutta participants are among our seven listeners, we have been discussing this a little bit and trying to, you know, finagle what our system should be. And most people, well, Rob at least said he thinks that we should kind of go with similar to what we had last time. I do think, Jeff, I don't know what your opinion is. Last time, I thought that every... I think the consensus after the Calcutta auction was that everybody's values for every team were quite similar, except you on the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. That worked out, sort of. And Bucks, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, it did work out. Well, let's let's talk about it right now. So, so we did. So we did. Um, let's see, three and a half percentage points to win the first if you win a wild card game. 10% if you win the division playoffs, 20% if you win the champ, the conference championship, and then 33% if you win the Super Bowl. Does that sound right to you? You found it. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yes, that sounds right to me. And then so the junk bets we had were 4% to the playoff clinchers. So those were gut teams that hadn't clinched yet. Yeah. And how many of those were, so that's one we're going to have to put back in. There's 4% to the biggest loser. We can keep that. 
4% to the lowest seed in the final four. We can keep that. 4% to the biggest spread winner. And then 4% most turnovers week 17. We can just do 4% to the most, the team with the most turnovers in a game. In a game. In a game, in an individual game. Do we want to add anything? Here's the question. Do we want to add anything else that might not be as straightforward to price just based on a market? Um, Like what? Like just something random? I don't want to say random, but something that would require... I don't know. I mean, it feels like it's it's going to be fairly easy to price out what the market thinks, you know, each team's likelihood of making it to the conference championship is, making it to the Super Bowl, et cetera. Um, if we, I'm, I don't know. I don't, I don't want just totally random things, but I want things that would add to it and maybe generate more differences of opinion. Because I think that what we liked about the golf Calcuttas were that we really did see differences of opinion. Would you agree with that? And your opinions were the ones that were correct. That's a stop buttering me up. Cause I know that I'm going to get my comeuppance this year. I'm, I'm already like preparing to be sending you guys Bitcoin. Um, a lot of Bitcoin this year. Uh, no, I mean, but no, I think, no. part, but Rufus, yeah, I Jeff, I've already, I've already literally automated like a send to you after, like I've literally scheduled it for the day after the masters and the PGA championship and the British open. And I'm holding out hope that I actually make money in the U S open. But Rufus, the reason, the reason that the golf ones are so different, right. Is, is because like, it's just a harder, it's like, you're simming things there's different ratings to start with like it's it's there's definitely a bigger disparity it's it's not that we create like junk stuff that's like really hard or impossible to model it's just inherent in implicit inherent inherent in golf no no you're right it's harder it's harder to know what the market true market price is because you have prices that are a bunch of one-way markets sure are outrights like jordan speed is going to be overpriced for outrights normally just like tiger woods would be if he was playing because <clears throat> books are not betting or they're not booking the no on tiger woods winning they're just they're concerned with getting they, they know a lot of people are going to bet on him so yeah so the question is but i mean you still will see that to a lesser extent in the nfl i would think with certain teams but i mean certainly not to the same extent and you can the other thing is you have more to go by in terms of market numbers for the individual playoff games and things like that and market implied ratings. Like you don't have a such thing as market implied ratings for golf better for golfers or golf better. All right, Rufus, let, let's, let's start with this. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's stick. Do you want to stick with the overall scoring system where we could do that? What, what we said before, like three and a half, six and a half, 10, 13, that's sort of the incremental and the, the net payouts are three and a half, 10, 20, 33%. And then we have 20% for, for, for junk bets. Right. Yeah. That works for me. Okay. I, think, I think we should see, I, I mean, I do think also if, if any listeners have any good ideas, we're t- totally open to them. Mm-hmm. I think we should try to nail this down before the end of this week though. So everybody has time to prepare. What is, what junk bets do you want to add? So we can biggest losers seem like so what what we really want is the the junk bets to kind of pay off the bad teams, right? Because Ideally. we theoretically have enough already in the good teams to if they win the Super Bowl. So biggest loser is a good one. I think <clears throat> I think this year is good. Things are pretty wide open this year. More, I mean, if you look sure. at like what's I mean in the AFC, what what's the top record? The Titans and what's their record? Are they eleven and five or twelve and four? Uh, I think they're eleven and five. Do you remember a season where the top record? No, this is the first time that the AFC is going to be like a five. It's going to be like not a yeah. It's but that's it's also because the Patriots have largely been for so long like such a dominant team and they've been winning you know 13, 14, 15 games. No, but in the NFC, you've always even in the <clears throat> NFC, you've always had it generally a team there's always one team that has a 
I don't know, 12 and four, at least it feels like. I mean, do you remember the Patriots missing the playoffs as an 11 and five team in 2009 with Matt Castle? Yeah, yeah it was Matt Castle. Was it 11 and five or 10 and six? It was 11 and five. It was yeah, 11 crazy. and five and they missed the playoffs. I know there's been seven and nine teams to make the playoffs, but, um, but to me, it's just interesting that, because, right, I mean, we've had 16 games so far, which is a normal regular season, and you don't have a single team better than 11 and five in the AFC. And you have what, one 12 and four team, or is it two 12 and fours in the NFC? So it's just, there's a lot more parity at the top, it feels like. So I think we should do most turnovers in um, week one. So it in goes the wild card round? Yeah, in the wild card round. So the one seeds aren't eligible. So the tight yeah, and all and also like it really because we don't it, it would suck to like have a bad team you know that like we're trying to give the bad teams a lot more value right. But who so, are the bad team? I mean, I don't know. I kind of like going to be bad teams, Rufus. But what about Jeff? Let's also think that depending on who's in the Calcutta, there's also people that want that want to be able to bid on a. I mean, I don't think it, the I best want Calcutta has you to team. want to do the dishes. The, the best Calcutta does not have every team worth about this name. I think there's, you know, I think it's good that you're going to have a vast. But it's, you're not, you're not actually saying what well, the, the best Calcuttas have these junk bets making the bad teams value more valuable. So I, I think, okay, so fine. So biggest loser, we're, we're told by, by um, points, lowest, uh, in the spinal four biggest spread winner most turnovers in the opening round opening round and then we have one more potential one that we could do what do you want that to be i don't know man i want something a little bit more <clears throat> though it it may it may take some time for me to like come up with it though how about team with most Team, team Darren Ravel tweets the most about. How about um, what could we do? I mean, team with any aggregate thing will will um, so any any aggregate thing across the total amount of games is gonna is going is going to favor a bad a good. What about team. something? Right, right. Well, maybe maybe we have one that doesn't favor bad teams. What about? team to receive the most second half kickoffs or something like that. So it literally involves randomness, but also longevity, but also knowing teams kickoff tendencies. Although that involves more work for me. So maybe not. I don't, I mean, we could do like, that was a joke team with largest, I don't know, penalty yard differential. Ooh, that's not a bad one. Um, we could do team. How about team with highest fourth down conversion rate? What about team to attempt the most fourth down conversions per game on average? So you get, so I like this. So, so it equalizes the, like, even if you get a team that's, if you get a team that's eliminated after the wildcard round and they went for it on fourth down four times, they're probably going to be set, but another team, you have a team that's a good analytics team or something and they go for it a bunch, you know, they have to maintain that same pace. I kind of like the, you don't like the idea of like team with most, um, with mo with the highest fourth down conversion rate. Cause let's just say that like your yeah, I'm team okay with that. one goes for it twice and gets it both times and then is out. It's like. They, they win it with a hundred percent then, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm down with that. I think that's a great one. Yeah. So it All almost right. favors, although they're more like, yeah, yeah. If Yeah. I'm totally fine uh, with that. I like that. All right. So we're going to add team with, instead of playoff clinchers, we'll add team with highest. Can we also add team with highest third down conversion rate? I like that one too, because those are going to be kind of different, believe it or not. I mean, we could do that's going to favor that's going to favor better teams a little bit, but also maybe not as much. I think that's something that I think that requires a little bit of thinking. It's very core. It'll be very correlated with who ends up winning the Super Bowl. I don't know. I do not know. I think 
the best teams, I was actually playing with some NFL data yet last night and like the best, you know, the best teams have fewer third downs. So. Oh, interesting. Like is a percentage of their downs for third downs are much less for the better teams because they're converting more in first and second down. Well, so like that would be an interesting one, which would be like number of third downs, number of third, number of third downs per game. I mean, something like that. Something, yeah. I mean, if you wanted to go really, really granular, like something I have a stat that I kind of have, I don't want to say a stat I keep track of or something, but, but when I, in some code, I have breaking down cumulative season stats. Like originally I wrote this just so I could come up with some narratives for when I was on ESPN, but one of them is like average third down distance to go. And you know, like, I think the dolphins are like top five and in, in least, I guess, US third down yards to go on average. And it's in, it was really interesting to look at that and then kind of cross-reference it with, I mean, like how good these teams are on first down and their run rate and stuff like that. Like I learned that the Raiders are really good on first down and also pass the ball more than any other team on first down, but don't convert a lot of big plays on first. Their first down, the rate of getting first downs on first down is very low. So, so I just nerded out over some data is what I'm saying. That just sounds like a Friday night for you. Um, when, you know, well, no, that was a Tuesday night, Jeff. Like, you know, I don't want to, I mean, it, yes, it's Friday night level of fun, but it was a Tuesday night. That, that's my life. What can I say? <laughs> well, hopefully we'll change that this weekend. Um, Do you know what? how bad the New Orleans Saints are at offense? They're bad. Do you remember when you thought they were like one of the best teams in the league? It was last year. You for a little while this year you thought they were pretty darn good. Well, that's because they had Jameis, famous Jameis at quarterback. Do you know how many big runs they have this year? Which I think I define as twenty yards or more. I I don't know, Rufus. I'll put it this way: they nine. They only have only Atlanta and Houston have have fewer. Got it. Um, okay. So we kind of have a Calcutta. Um, we kind of have people getting involved. Um, we'll, we'll probably talk about it more this weekend, uh, over some adult beverages and, uh, we'll go from there. We'll have a, a playoff picture in place by then. Do we want to talk a little bit about, uh, college football? No, for, first I want to also say that, did you know that the Dallas Cowboys, do you know what their net differential this season is on, non-offensive touchdowns even or they're negative they have have seven more non-offensive touchdowns. oh on their net yeah got it got it seven that that's for, essentially 49 points right there i was like why am i low on dallas this year now it makes sense it's got it it's so interesting when i do these things like these things i would have looked for when i was working for espn it like I'm like, okay, now I know why I'm low on this team. Now I know I'm high on this team a little bit. Looking at like yep. the Patriots opponents have missed one field goal all season, I believe. I think it was the Patriots. You know, random things like that, like just getting lucky in certain areas. Do we want to just we might as well just keep talking about NFL because we're on NFL right now and then we can end with college and which it, it doesn't sound like there's gonna be that much to talk about. Probably not. Um, Going into this week, did, was there anything this week that you looked at and decided to play? I'm, um, I'm guessing that you probably like the Raiders on Monday night or on Sunday night. Plus yeah, three. Actually, the Raiders, by the way, the Raiders are such an interesting, um, like I kind of deep dove inadvertently <clears throat> into the Raiders last night because I was like so, sort of surprised to see, because I know their, their point differential has been significantly negative. They've been very negative in turnover differential this year. Um, and just like, I always thought it, it seemed to me, even though I'm rooting for the Raiders that they've been kind of like very lucky to be where they are, you know, but looking at their average game grade this year, it's actually been like decent. It's been better than, you know, 500 or better than 50 per like better than average. Um, actually it's been their average game grade is average expected score differentials one plus 1.79 um but their actual score differentials minus 4.25 but what's interesting is that this has been a theme for the raiders 
every year since John Gruden took over and actually further back. But I tweeted something about this out that the last four years, their actual score differential has been so much worse than they're expected based on the Massey Peabody game grades. And that in each of those four seasons, it's been that those four seasons have ranked as number one, six, 18 and 24 out of, in terms of the biggest discrepancy between actual and expected, like in terms of being like the unluckiest out of all seasons since 2004. So that's five out of 576 different team years. So six, 18 and 24. So what the, what basically it's like, what the fuck, right? It's been turnover margins, been a big part of it. And like losing fumbles, um, they're what negative 10 in those four years in defensive special teams, touchdown differential, um, penalty yardage differential has been bad in two of the years. But it's, it's interesting. It's like, it makes you think. Like, and then I broke it down. I was like, well, how, how can I correlate, like predict this gap based on these particular variables? Penalty yard differential, turnover margin, defensive special team touchdown differential. And basically you can account for 40% of what the Raiders have actually seen in terms of that gap with those variables. But it's, it is interesting to, to wonder um, if there's something else there. Interesting. Okay. But, 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 but to answer your question, I did not bet on the Raiders, but that's because largely I have a, a lot on Raiders futures. Right. You have them like at eight, nine, 10 wins, whatever. So I think, I think 10 wins versus nine wins is worth an additional like 15,000 to me, but maybe a little more, no, 18,000. But also I have a bunch of chargers under 10 and nine and a half. And so but if you didn't have those positions, the Raiders would be a play this week for you. It would be close. Plus I make the game like pick. Believe it or not, I played a little bit of chargers because I got a number that was, I, I just, I just, I thought I was predicting a market move in essence. I thought that that number would not be available come kickoff and it's a good hedge. What number did you get? Minus two and a half flat. Got it. What's it now? Uh, it's three. Yeah, there you go. It's a solid three. Guess, guess, guess who can predict line moves? Spanky, take notice. Hey, Rufus, do you have your do you have your lines for all of these games? Because I think it'll be interesting to go I through do. them and kind of like talk through the motivation angle aspect of things. Yep. So let's just go from the top. Cowboys, Eagles. Uh, the Eagles are in, right? And the Cowboys are basically playing for seeding. Is that correct? Yeah, but but um, somebody, let me find the tweet. Someone had a really, really good tweet with all the scenarios. Um, I want to actually give this person credit on here. Because <clears throat> it, it was a fantastic chart they had. Okay. And I'm now I'm trying to find it. I didn't retweet it or anything, which I probably should have done. Okay, great, good story, bro. Okay, cool I found story, it, bro. Uh, okay, Dennis Selman. So D E N I Z S E L M A N thirty three um, has a fantastic chart, and so basically Dallas is most likely locked into that number four seed. The only way they don't get the four seed, I guess, there's two scenarios. One is if Dallas wins. San Francisco wins, Seattle wins, and Tampa Bay wins. They get the three seed, and San Francisco gets the six. And the other is, is if Dallas, San Francisco, Seattle, and Carolina win. So basically, yeah, in that, in that case, they get the two, and Philadelphia gets the seven. So anything else, and they're stuck in the four seed. And so yeah, they don't really have much to play for. But, but Philadelphia doesn't either. Philadelphia right. is stuck in the seventh seed unless there's only two scenarios where they don't get it. And that's more based on what happens with other teams than what happens with them. So they could get, um, where is it? Da-da-da. The sixth seed, actually, no, it is based on them. Um, they get the sixth seed if, if they win, if the Rams win and Atlanta wins, they're in the sixth seed. And in that case, they play Tampa Bay. And also, if the Rams in New Orleans win, regardless of what they do, irregardless, 
irregardless of what they do, they're in the sixth seed and they play Tampa Bay. So basically neither of these teams have a ton to play for. And Philadelphia has said they are going to consider what to do in terms of, at least this is what they said yesterday. They're weighing their options with resting starters. Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys said that they will play their starters. So I think that's why we see the line we see as the possibility that the Eagles rest starters and the Cowboys don't, because clearly the line should not be that if both teams are giving normal effort. I mean, hell, if both teams are giving normal effort, I make the line Philadelphia minus 0.3. Like I think the Eagles should be, a, I mean, it should be a pick in essence. And I know I'm low on the Cowboys, but I, still. I mean, didn't we just kind of go through it and say like their motivation should be about equal here? Yeah, but the whole point is that the Cowboys said that they were, they're they going to play their starters. And the Eagles said they may or may not. They haven't decided. So it doesn't matter. About, like There are teams that have things locked up that clinch, and they still play their starters. And there's teams that do. And you know, there's this whole – every year people talk about, is it right to rest your starters or not? Do you right. – because you don't want to lose that sharpness. Right. Okay. Mike so McCarthy I, I, seems it, like Mike Mark McCarthy seems like he's going to play to the bitter end. He just seems like in his character. Well, but that's what he. That's what seven he said. points of. Okay. The Rufus, whole point is that's what he said. I know. And, I know. Rufus, Nick stop, Sirianni. Stop, 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 stop. But Nick Sirianni is much more of an analytics guy. I would. <clears> say. And and so obviously, like I think that the Eagles are. I mean, personally, I think it probably makes the most sense too. That what that the Eagles will like re- like relax and not play starters a lot i mean i wouldn't risk injuries to your critical guys if the game right. matters not at all i mean it's the same reason that if to <clears throat> me what i would love to see is if the jaguars win i would love to see a game and i would love to actually be in attendance for the game where the raiders and chargers just the game just has like <clears throat> essentially 100 kneel downs because if they tie, if they tie, they both make the playoffs. In essence, they both get bye weeks. They like nobody gets injured. That's a huge win-win. That would be awesome. I think I would love the chaos of it. That would be awesome. I think I like it would it. be fantastic. I I'll say this. I think that Brandon Staley would be open to it. I don't think Chargers ownership probably would be, and I don't think the Raiders coaching staff would be. And this is just this is just me surmising that based on Staley and how practical he seems. Okay. Practically, it's the right move, but okay. Uh, but the the bottom line is there are seven points of like line value based yes. on if this were just a normal game on the Eagles. Yes. Right. Can we move on not, to the next game? Can I also say I've not bet the game? Right. Can we also move to Denver versus the Chiefs? Okay. That line is now 10 for Kansas City, minus 115 on Bet Chris, who sponsors this podcast. Not really. Just joking. Damn it. It's 10 and a half at Bet Online. I thought I got such a good bet betting Denver plus 10 when most of the market was <laughs> plus nine and a half. I got plus 10 minus 106 at Bet Chris on like on Monday morning, I think. So, so you I like made, the Broncos plus 10? I do. I made the number 6.1, assuming Drew Locke. I think this is one of those games where Kansas City is perceived to have a ton of motivation because they're playing for the number one seed. And clearly they do have motivation, but <clears throat> it's, it's in essence a must-win game for them. But I don't think Denver is not going to try hard. And I think you see a lot of these every week 17, or in this case, week 18, because now there's 18 games where the market perceives a team in a must win situation is going to try harder, like somehow play harder than they normally would in a regular week. Yeah. But I think it's harder to give like more than a hundred percent. You could give 101. You can give 102. Mm, I don't know about that. Well, 101.6. Okay. Let's move on. Lions and Packers. Packers are minus four. Already said they're playing Jordan Love. Um, really, probably gonna. Re- I mean, do we know what Lafleur has done in this situation before? I assume he's like really rested guys quite a bit. You know, what's interesting also is that they're gonna get a bye, so these guys are gonna get two weeks off. 
Interesting. I, I do. And you've seen this in the past too, with like the Manning Colts, the year they went 15 and one or whatever it was. And it's, you know, you, you rest guys the last week of the season, you get a buy. And then, I mean, the thing is you're not resting everybody. You're only resting the most important players because you have to field a full roster. Right. You have 50, you know, <clears throat> yes, you bring up players from the practice squad, but inevitably important players are still going to be playing. I think it's more the fact that you just run things where your guys are like least less likely to get injured and you kind of try to optimize for that. But I don't know. I have no idea how to, to handicap it, obviously. I mean, it's. Okay. So what do you make this line with Jordan Love as quarterback? I have not actually made a line with Jordan Love as quarterback, but with Aaron Rodgers as quarterback and, and Jared Goff, it's minus 10.1. I would think with, I mean, Love, I, I mean, I have it somewhere written down what the downgrade is. Um, it's actually, I can pull it up. It's pretty steep. Um, <clears throat> is Goff playing or is Boyle playing? I assume Goff's going to be back. Wasn't it COVID? I don't know. I mean, everyone has COVID now, so it's, it's a safe assumption, right? I mean, I make the downgrade, what, 6.7 points or so, almost seven, almost a full touchdown. So, so, so that you think this line's right. I mean, that, but that takes into account, like, them playing all the rest of their players, you know? So you're, you're saying marginal value here on, on the Lions. I mean, I'm not – betting it personally but if you go off of that i know but rufus we're trying to give people we're trying to give people something to think about going into these games right and, and like we're well, trying to go we are giving them. them something okay yes i agree that's something to think about if if, if you think that love <clears throat> is a almost a touchdown downgrade i think most people would say that right like they always talk about the value of aaron Rodgers, etc like yeah a touchdown over love that seems about right okay let's move on Vikings minus four against the Bears. That um, line's moved up, hasn't it? That was that was two and a half earlier on. Is he going to be? Um, His cousin's going to play. Probably. It says what I see here on CBS Sports: Cousins will start Week 18 against Bears after stint on COVID-19 list. Yeah, because. Um, Mike Zimmer was asked about playing Kellen Mond and if you wanted to give him their out of the playoff chase. And he had that quote, like, he's like, no, I'm not considering it. Well, he was like, do you want to see more Kellen? Right. He's like, Mond. nope. He was I've like, seen no, I see him every day. I see him every day. Yeah. And you, you know, who's seen enough. Uh, what do you make that line? You know who's Rufus, what do you make Mike that line? Zimmer? Yes. I see him. Ziggy Wilf. Ziggy Wilf has seen enough of Mike Zimmer. Okay. Rufus, what do you make that line? Two and a half. Okay. So a little assuming, bit of value on the Bears. Assuming Andy Dalton. Assuming Andy yeah. Dalton and Kirk Cousins. Do you like Dalton better or Justin Fields better? Dalton. Dalton by, yeah, for sure. Okay, interesting. I, I've liked Dalton better the entire season. It's Well, of course, he's old and he's he's an old quarterback. We've yeah, but guess what? Do you, do you know what the Bears' record is with Dalton and Foles at quarterback this season? Three and one. I don't know. Four and two. You know what it is with Justin Fields as quarterback? The opposite. Two and eight. Right. Yeah. All right. Patriots minus six and a half. That's the whole thing. Like, like I think this year has been, even though I haven't like done well with NFL, I think on on sides, I I still, I feel like it is validated in a sense what I've said about rookie quarterbacks and the fact that they do not just immediately play as well as everybody thinks they're going to play. Like think about who like Justin Fields has not exceeded expectations. He's, you know, neither is Trey Lance below expectation. Zach Wilson, certainly below expectation. Trevor Lawrence. Mac Jones. Certainly Mac below Jones. expectation. Mac Jones exceeded by a lot. Okay. So you have one. And I'd say Davis Mills about at expectation. Is that fair? Okay. Fair. Um, let's see. Patriots minus six and a half against the Dolphins. Yeah, I like Dolphins there. What do you make that I line? It, actually. Uh, three. I don't know why I haven't bet it yet because I've been lazy. Yeah, it was seven earlier. I just I don't I don't understand that. I think this is one that it's considered a I don't say must win for the Patriots. Um, but but the Patriots actually, if 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 they assume that if Buffalo is winning, if Buffalo is up a bunch at halftime, they might say let's just rest our guys. 
as they did. Yeah. Right. The Patriots have gone some funny lines as as the the sort of season has wound down. I found as a you know like yeah, I agree. Like they've gotten a lot of respect. Maybe people listen about the process, and they've really been hearing my expert analysis on the Patriots. Uh, I have some. I have a few Patriots futures bets. Me too. Colts minus fifteen and a half against the Jags. Um, that I make it eleven and a half. That was up to sixteen at one point. It just seems high. Yeah. Are you gonna take Jags? I might. I have not yet, though. It probably will keep going up, right? I don't think so. But All right. I'm, I'm I'm no spanky. What can I say? Can we take the Jets plus sixteen? I know Massey Peabody has it right at 16. I was like looking the other day. That was 17 earlier. Why didn't I pull the trigger? I make it 14.3. So I'm not going to take it plus 16. I might end up taking the Jets. I I like them there. I think they're playing much better. Um, I think they're going to, I think I kind of, I have this feeling the Bills are going to shit like lay an egg this week. Just a, just a feeling. Um, I mean, I I kind of have that feeling too. My numbers don't, say it but it uh, if i don't know my intuition does but that's why i don't bet based on my intuition okay bills sorry uh buccaneers minus 18 against the panthers wait minus eight you mean sorry minus eight yeah Yeah, minus eight Um, what is their motivation by the way because i i make this minus 13.7 that doesn't account for all their injuries at skill positions, wide receiver specifically. But I make, yeah, I make it a lot higher and I've been on Carolina recently. So I don't know what to say there. I'm using Darnold, but I think that line almost implies. You're going to end up probably betting. Are you going to end up betting the bucks? I don't know. Probably not because I hate pulling the trigger on favorites like this. Um, But I, I don't understand the line. And so before I bet it, I would need to actually understand why it's that way. Sounds like a job for David Al. Um, or, or sounds like a job for like reading the news about the Bucks. Right. I don't know if you know this, Jeff, but it's week one of the golf season. So that's been like. Uh, I know the century at the plantation course that I played at. Uh, I played on that course about a month ago. Kapalua. You know, yeah. our, our friend Shane Sigsby played with uh, Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth last week and tweeted about it. Yeah, I saw that. Okay. I had to ask him how they played. He goes, he Probably goes, he didn't tell me until after I've already made my bets. So he goes from playing with those guys to playing with us. I don't know if that's an upgrade or a downgrade. You know, um, who, who's he going to get better gambling info from? So Texas, probably, probably Justin Thomas and Jordan speed, to be honest, because it's a lot more actionable because you can bet against them or on them. Texans, Titans, uh, Titans minus 10. Against the Texans. Uh, you got like the Texans there, right? Minus 12.3. Ooh. Interesting. That seems like a nice play on the Titans then because they got all that motivation and... Maybe. I mean, that's not... That's not... That's... <clears throat> I, mean, I guess it's 10, not 10 and a half. It was 10 and a half, but... Yeah. Uh, Washington football team versus the Giants, minus six and a half. I make it minus 6.2. All right. Nothing there. And neither team has any motivation. <laughs> Saints minus four and a half against the Falcons. Um, that's got, you got to like the Falcons there. So I make it 2.7. And that's one where you could say, you know, the Saints, it's a must-win game. They win. And if they win and San Francisco loses, they're in the playoffs. Right. I understand that. So, but that shouldn't, I mean, that doesn't, we, we give kind of, hundred and I don't know what number, maybe 108% effort, 112. I don't know. That's the perception. And Atlanta's perceived to be out. If that goes up to like five or six, I'm sure you'd pull the trigger on Atlanta. Six, maybe. Yeah. I, I honestly, I'm seeing mostly fours. Um, I, I would probably still pull the trigger at four and a half. Yeah, just given, I, li- I given like that. I, given I think the reason behind that, and and given the the digging into the Saints, I've done and found that they're the team that's been kind of the luckiest this season in terms of what 
I guess their score differential shows versus how they've actually played and just some of the numbers and yeah. All right. Ravens. I think, minus... I think it really is this sort of perception that they're going to be trying harder. <clears throat> yeah. Ravens minus five and a half against the Steelers. Ravens minus five and a half against the Steelers. Uh, 3.9. Yeah. Okay. Nothing there. Uh, Big Ben's last game. So maybe something there. I mean, did you see his yards per attempt on Monday night? Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. It was insane. Dude, by and the way, the, that last commentators play, gushing that over last him. Play, like, I had, I had a Brown second half minus three. Oh, me too. Money line. Rufus, me too. Let's not talk about it. Me too. That, that wasn't a fun ending. Although no, that was, I, was, I was saying when they scored that touchdown, I thought it was a miracle. I thought there was no way they were going to score that drive. They look so bad. The Browns look so bad. So, so bad. So I was on like a one-year heater that is like 100% over. And the Brown, losing that Browns game was like a complete example of that second half of my heater being over. Um, you are on a full one-year heater? I was on a full one-year heater. For yeah. all bet types. I mean, it wasn't like it, it. It was yeah. I mean, it was like a year of basically not losing. I mean, obviously, I lost games, but just what was your like ROI for that time? I have no idea. I don't do things like that, Rufus. You don't I don't do even that. know what ROI stands for. Um, Browns minus six over the Bengals. Return on impact. Wait, Browns minus six over the Bengals. It's wait, wait, no. What are you talking about? It's Browns minus six now. Okay, so so the news came out today that while I was playing golf, that they're the general <clears throat> sitting. Is that correct? Must be. That's the only way. Yeah. You know what? That sucks because I have um, Cincinnati get, Cincy getting to eleven wins is gives me an extra lot, good amount of money because I have Cincy to win exactly eleven for more than I have them to win. Who's the, who are the Browns? Who's the Bengals backup? Brandon Allen. Hmm. <laughs> I'm uh, guessing Clark, they're probably resting other guys. Yeah. Mixon's out um, with COVID. That's not going to affect it much, though. And, and Mayfield is so Cardinals. Uh, Mayfield's not playing, which is a huge upgrade for Cleveland. Yeah. Seems like, given what we saw, what he, how, he, God, that guy looks so bad. Cardinals minus six and a half over Seattle. Yeah, I played Seattle there. Um, I make the line 3.33. I like that. I like Seattle. Like, I I thought they're kind of underrated most of the year. It was the whole Russell Wilson not looking like himself thing. They finally looked like himself last week. Yeah. Okay. And then a game that really matters. I don't know. That's a line where. Yeah, sure. Seattle isn't motivated. Arizona is, but Seattle clearly wasn't motivated. Like they were eliminated last week, and look what they did to Detroit. So, well, I I think we've Perceived determined. It. I think we've determined over the course of time, right? There's two in this week eighteen. There's two. There's two buckets of games, right? One is the bucket of games where the teams literally are going to rest players, right? Because you know that they're like playing the next week or they announce it and lines are off because of that. The other are the ones where everyone's trying to predict motivation specifically with teams that are just out of it. And I think history would show us that those teams are generally good to bet on because the market overweights this idea of motivation, like the NFL players show up, they want to win. Well, they're playing for, they're not just playing to win. They're playing for contracts for, you know, everything they do is on film. This is, it is evaluated by future employers. So they, they want to put their best foot forward because most of these guys do not have $10 million contracts that are fully guaranteed. You know, they are, they could be cut at any time and they want to, it's the resume. So I will say this though. I mean, football is an emotional game and I do think team chemistry and that kind of thing does have a play a role. And it is why if you look at the impact of record and being out of it, like late in the season, there is some impact. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. Um, and I've, I found that and I use it. And I, I mean, I, I, 
you know, I average it out. I, I don't use the full effect I've seen. I think there's probably a little bit of randomness too, but, um, but I use it a little bit. I mean, if I didn't, I think I'd have Seattle, Arizona as like a minus two or 2.2 and instead I have it as 3.3. So, but it's, right. just, it's certainly not worth like four points. We have a few more games, don't we? We have two more. Let's get to them. We have Rams minus four and a half against the Niners. Yeah, I make it 2.6. So you like some Niners there? Yeah, I have. I also have um, Arizona futures. So I did something. I don't, I, I'm not going to say Wait, is that, but that, do you, is Lance playing or is Garoppolo playing? So I make it 2.6 Garoppolo. If it's Lance, then no. Then I have, that's why I haven't bet it. The other thing is, Jeff, I bet Arizona to win the division early in the season at like five and a half to one. And then later on in the season, when I think I made it like minus 1100, I laid minus 800 on it on Arizona to win the division or maybe minus 850. All I know is I have a $25,000 bet on Arizona to win the division to win $3,000. That's not looking very good right now, but I would like it to win. All right. Well, uh, I kind of like the Niners at the, you get plus, plus four and a half minus one Oh five on Chris right now. Let's see. Let's see. If, is there anything better? That looks like the best. You get plus four, even money at bet online. Four and a half at a few places in Vegas. Four at Circa. By the way, I got I got that Saints game to, on Chris to pop to minus four, minus one fifteen now. Um, okay, Raiders. Wait, wait, you got the Saints to go to plus four. Well, no, that's because I bet it plus four and a half, minus one ten. Right? You we it at the same time. It. No, I got it four and a half, minus one ten. What'd you get it at? Uh, four and a half minus one hundred five, I think. Wait, you got it right before. Wait, you moved the line right before. Someone moved the line. Someone's scared of you, Rufus. Here, okay. My open bet was bet at. I bet plus four and a half minus one ten at exactly eighteen minutes ago. So, guess what? We front run our our podcast listeners. What can I say? All right. Uh, last one. It reminds me that I haven't. I was like, why haven't I bet it yet? I don't know. I'll bet it. Last one, Raiders. Uh, plus the three. We discussed this already. Raiders. You show value on the Raiders, but not a not a huge amount. You're not betting it because of your Raiders. overall positions. Can we do I, a quick since we're going to be yeah, together? I bet, this, I, 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 bet I bet Chargers minus two and a half minus one ten because I correctly thought that the line would go up on the Chargers because <clears throat> right because I'm just smart. Do you got anything in the golf this week that we could we could root on? I bet a little Tony Finau because I, I feel like that's exciting because he's from Hawaii. So he's probably played that course before. Understands the winds. That that course is windy, dude. It is like it's windy and it's hard. It's a par 73. That last hole is ridiculous how long oh, the it 670 is. 670 <clears throat> yard par five that people yeah. can still get there in two because it's so downhill. It's so downhill. Yeah. Did you drive at 300 there, Jeff? Uh, it doesn't roll. Yeah. I was like in reasonable position on that hole, but then I like missed the, there's like a tough approach with a lot of, a lot of like carry and trouble. If you're in the wrong yeah, on the left, right? Yeah. There's that there's, you have to, yeah. You also probably didn't play from the tips, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. A 670-yard hole for you would be like a – what would that be, like a par 7? I love it when you just insult my golf game after you just said that all you did was try to go somewhere to lower your handicap this week. I didn't say lower my handicap. I said – like, I played I played the best golf I could. I'm not trying to sandbag. I'm just – Yeah, I but you needed to get a bunch of rounds in before we played because Jeff, you didn't – I'm trying to train. I don't – like, I. you know, I hadn't played since early November. I had not picked up a golf club since, like, November 4th. And You're so, a 7.6 right now. I just, like, looked it up. Ooh, I was a 7.4 yesterday, so I'm moving the right way. All right. Um, last. I, I have anything? one more. I have to, I have to log. Um, I'm, I was in the process of logging my round today, mm -hmm. which was an 88 
in a par 71 course playing from the tips, which was, I think, a 73.1, 138, or 136. So we'll see how that, okay. that does. So, Rufus, anything in the golf worth mentioning? Um, I don't know. I think um, the friend of the podcast – that challenged me to a million dollar match thinks Cantlay's the favorite. And I actually agree that Cantlay has value or did have value at 10 to one. Oh no. Hell no. Not 10 to one. 11 to one. Hell no. Right. I bet on Cantlay at 14 to one though. What about your boyfriend Rombo? Um, so I actually, you want to hear something? I, I bet him at Circa at plus 895 because I showed a little bit of value there. I think I made him like plus 850, but also I knew they would move his line enough that they would inflate some other golfers that would allow me, you know, if they move Rom from like plus 895 to like plus, I think they moved him to like plus 775, which means that these other guys move up. Suddenly a guy that's 13 to one from, goes from 13 to one to 14 to one. So in essence, it, it created value for other golfers for me to bet. Mm-hmm. So that's generally like, yes, I have Rombo exposure on matchups, but, but like it was not a bad, it wasn't a, it wasn't a high EV bet for me there, but I, it, it gave me other EV, good EV bets. Okay. Um, I'll tell you who I think the favorite is, though. My Rom is not my highest-rated guy in terms. Well, he's not my my largest chance of winning guy. Who is Bryson? Huh. And Bryson is not my highest-rated guy, though. He's just a higher variance guy. So, like, okay. I think Rom is likely to beat Bryson, but Bryson's more likely to win the tournament. What do you make? What do you make, uh, uh, Bryson? Um, like eight point three to one, I think. I make him pretty high. Um, I I think that the favorites are a little bit un. I think the favorites are in general that which basically means Bryson, Rom, um, Cantlay, even JT a little. Although I haven't found J value betting JT outright, but I still make JT less than ten to one here. Um, I think the favorites are a little undervalued by the market this week. I think Got part it. of it's people thinking, you know, okay, this, th- there is a lot of uncertainty given the layoff. And that, that's one thing I'm always cognizant of and cautious about the fact that yes, there's a potential for inside information. I mean, think about if I was betting on boxing and you have, <clears throat> you know, maybe I have some model that says based on these guys fights in the past or MMA, MMA is a better example based on these guys fights in the past, like what their ratings should be and how good they are. But I, but my last data point is a few months ago, a guy hasn't fought for two and a half months, you know, there's a lot of unknowns there. And so that, that is the one thing that certainly gives me pause early in the season. Um, I will say, I don't know how much it's worth, but, but Rom has always been pretty good early in the season. And I would, this is just, me creating a narrative, but Rom has said that his swing has basically been the same his whole life. And it's very simple. And he knows if it's wrong, it could be one of three exact things. So I would think that Rom is a player with that more simple swing that he's had his entire life. Um, it would take him less time to get back to sort of normal from a long layoff than maybe some other golfers. Got it. Does that, do, do you think that makes any sense, Jeff? Or am I just completely talking out of my ass? You're talking out of your ass because that's what you do. But that but does it make sense as a potential yeah. like narrative? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense as a potential narrative. Like, but, but what do we say about narratives? Well, I'll put it this way: I, I'm trying to think of a reason to You're... be okay betting on Rom, given that, given that um, our friend that played golf in Maui last week said that you know John wasn't playing that well, but or not as well as JT. So. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, college football playoffs championship. We got Georgia futures. I'm sitting on. I'm like petrified right now of 
the fact that like Stetson Bennett is going into this game as this, I thought like the JT Dan, I thought we'd have JT Daniels by now. And it seems pretty clear that someone that may know a little bit more about football than me believes that Stetson Bennett's a better choice than JT Daniels. I, I just think the, the fact that there's a college quarterback with the name Stetson, like, is there a more white privilege name than Stetson more Southern white privilege name than Stetson Rufus, maybe, maybe, but it's a dog's name. So how privileged can it actually be? Does anybody name their dog Stetson? Maybe. All right. So I'm sitting on these Georgia tickets, Rufus. What should I do? So I make the line 3.8. So if anything, you show a teeny bit about, I mean, this line looks like it's going to go down. It's now minus three, minus 101 on Chris. I could see this thing going down below three. Okay. (laughs) So so you're going to do what I do and just do nothing. Yeah, I didn't listen to you last week, and I took some of that Georgia. So I took some Alabama, the yes-no at plus 125. So I hedged out about a sixth of my position just so that I wouldn't end up losing on this. And it was really just a, a utility hedge at this point. What What's the money line on Bama now? Plus 121. And so you basically... It was a chop. I mean, I could have got 125 when this line opened also. Like it wasn't, it was, it, you were right. It was a bad hedge to make. I mean, okay. not that I doubted you, but you were right. <clears throat> can, can we memorialize this moment and have a moment of silence for the a moment where Wait, Jeff said, I, I say you're right all the time. Why do you think the total, like I was thinking that we would see value in the over and the, the over, right? We, yeah. By the way, can we just say that? So my, my big totals this like my big totals this bowl season, Baylor Ole Miss over was a huge whiff. Um, although Matt Corral got injured early, but still a huge whiff. I had the Arkansas Penn State over, also a whiff. Um, in Georgia, Michigan, over, barely won. It won though. Well, actually, no, it didn't win if you got it at 45 and a half, but it won. Well, that's true. I got it at 44. It won, it won by me. I got it at 43 and 43 and a half. So one for me. And what was the other one I had? Oh, it was um, Mississippi State under, I think. What do you make the total? You make it what? Um, I make it 53.01. Wow. Wait, what's the t- – wait, hold That's on. Really Where, where's the game being played? It's in Indianapolis. Okay. 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 Wait, is it? Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Indianapolis. Why are they playing a game there? Because it's, I thought it's a hotbed for college football. They can't play it in in Atlanta every year. I I just don't know why it was not there. This is, yeah. Okay. What? Yeah. I don't know why. Okay, I guess I just hadn't put in that info yet, but I mean, it's that's so now that I know it's in, indoors and artificial turf, I make the total slightly higher. All right. Well, so no value on the over. Maybe 55. <clears throat> but basically, may, I'll tell you why I didn't put in weather because I saw that my total before weather was so similar that, you know, I was like, well, what? so if you make it 55 and we believe that there is some, you know, strange, like art, like inflation that happens when these teams play each other. Because but the inflation wouldn't, wouldn't, is wouldn't reflected. Still... The whole point is the inflation is reflected in my ratings. Like that's why I've shown value on these over already. Oh, I think. I thought the I thought the aspect of what what David I was kind of saying was that um, ratings aren't accounting for it. Yeah, because the ratings. I thought that was the whole point. Maybe we'll, maybe we should get him on. He was supposed to come out to Vegas this weekend, but then he decided to take his wife on some romantic trip. So where are they going? I'm not. I'm not. Rufus, come on. People, seven people listen to this podcast, and they might show up where David O is. That's a good point. Well, they they might say I was going to Vegas, and now I'm going to go to. I don't know. Yeah. All right, let's let's let everyone go. Let's let you stop your babbling, and um, we'll talk Bye. to you guys all next week. Hopefully, we'll have a. A new national championship, and it'll be the Georgia Bulldogs. And hopefully, we dogs. Hopefully, wait. Are we, are we gonna live? We should live stream the Beth the Process Invitational, or we should have. We should just hire a videographer to film it. 
We're playing twice, so it's fun. What are wait? Can we can we talk about what we're gonna bet on for our match? Well, I mean, I think we're play. We could play a hundred aside like we did last time, and then like you can you can press if you're dormy on any bet. I mean, I just think more. I, I think the pride at stake is. There's a lot of pride. There's a lot of pride. You give me fifteen. Pride. You give me fifteen strokes right now. So if we're playing from the members from the members tees. What are the right. I'm pro. I don't know wherever Shane wants us to play from. Okay. Well, uh, uh, look, Jeff, let's how many look. times have you played at Southern Highlands so far? Never. So. Oh, never. Damn. Okay. There you go. So, all right, guys. Uh, good sure. luck to everyone out sure. there and. Uh, Remember, if you're looking for us in Vegas, just uh, DM us and maybe we'll check it. So we'll Wait, talk to you guys on this. Or, or, I mean, we suck at DMs, Jeff. We both suck at DMs. We need don't, don't, wear, don't wear shorts. Don't wear shorts. Don't wear shorts. <laughs> Don't worry, sure it's right. in the nightclub, but okay, bye. Okay, bye. all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. The bottom line is watered down. It seems like they don't get it. Puppeteers are but the engines running off a of leaded.